Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. We're now going to turn our attention to headlines coming out from the U.S. From what to expect when it comes to Donald Trump's presidential run to U.S. President Joe Biden and his Chinese counterpart meeting up recently and what this means to their relationship moving forward to give us an analysis on those headlines and more. We're joined on the line now by Pushan Dutt, Professor of Economics at INSEAD. Good morning, Pushan. Good morning. So let's start off with former U.S. President Donald Trump. We were looking forward to the date, teased it quite a bit. That was the 15th of November date, and he did. He announced it his presidential run for 2024. I mean, any surprise here for you? Should we be surprised? I don't think so. So <laughs> if we just sort of look back, uh, Donald Trump did a hostile takeover of the Republican Party in 2015. Mm. And he's not going to let go of that easily. Not only does it give him a lot of attention, which he craves, it's also very lucrative. So his various political action committees are flush with cash. Now, there are some deeper reasons why he wants to uh, run again, which is uh, a couple of them are that many of his candidates actually lost in the recent midterms, right? And uh, he prides himself as being a big winner. So Trump had to do two things. He had to change the narrative. And he had to reassert his dominance. And announcing his candidate allows him to do both. But do you think it was the right time for him to announce his candidacy at that point in time? I think one of his competitors, for example, DeSantis, has said perhaps maybe not, you know? So there is, uh, in terms of the timing, I think another key reason is that he's in legal peril. So there are mm-hmm. two Justice Department cases against him. One is about the Jan 6th storming of the Capitol. The other one is about the classified documents that he kept and refused to return. There are also two cases in the state of New York and in the state of Georgia against the Trump organization and against the fact that Trump had pressurized election officials in Georgia to flip the state for him. So therefore, that, I think, drove the timing a lot. So the attorney general was getting closer. And Trump is counting on the fact that, you know, people will see that there is an ongoing investigation of a presidential candidate and force the Justice Department to actually step back. The Justice Department did step back. So the attorney general had to appoint a special counsel recently. So uh, so that, I think, explains the timing, even if it might not be uh, too ideal in terms of getting water attention. And Pushan, talk to us now about the kind of competition that Trump can expect. I mean, Ron DeSantis being one, and I believe Elon Musk has come out to say that he's going to back Ron DeSantis. So the party establishment is has been hoping and praying that Trump will go gently into the night. Mm. Uh, but And they seem desperate to turn the page. But uh, while the Republicans, especially the donors and the senior Republicans in the leadership team, They want to be done with him, but Trump is far from being done with them. So the fundamental problem is that Trump has a vice-like grip on the the Republican base, and 30% of the electorate will follow him anyway. So uh, it looks a lot like what happened in 2015. I'm getting deja vu all over again. So so there is Ron DeSantis, who's in the fray. Mm -hmm. Nikki Haley's throner is is exploring. Mike Pence wants to run. Mike Pompeo is, is in there. So again, what... Recall what happened in 2015, 2016. Basically, Trump's Republican opponents fought with each other and knocked each other out and allowed Trump to win with the plurality. So that's why he's quite confident he can run the same playbook again and, you know, sweep aside his rivals. Now, DeSantis is the biggest threat Mm -hmm. this time. He also did very well in the Florida elections. So 
So I would expect that Trump is going to go really hard after him. In fact, he's already started. Uh, Trump is very good at sort of, you know, demonizing and belittling his opponents. So if the Republicans want to push Trump off the stage, they have to reunite quickly behind a single candidate. DeSantis is, is like their chosen one. But, you know, I think Trump is a lot more clever and cunning, and he's not going to let that happen easily. And that said, Pushan, how are polls looking when it comes to who Trump's following at the moment? So the polls have been repeatedly wrong. Just look at the uh, mm. last election. So if, if the polls are failing to predict what will happen on election day, like a couple of weeks before the election day, I think right now the polls are, are quite meaningless. Okay, so... Uh, so when you know a lot of the other candidates do not have name recognition, and mm-hmm. the name recognition comes only once the primary starts. So, so it so Trump's support, which looks strong, might just be driven by the fact that people know him. Uh, once they start paying attention, the polls will probably be more informative. Okay, we're speaking with Pushan Dutt, Professor of Economics at INSEAD. Pushan, now let's turn to the U.S. House of Representatives. Speaker Nancy Pelosi has said that she's going to step down as the Democratic leader in the chamber a day after Republicans secured a narrow majority following the midterm polls. What does her stepping down have to do with her husband's recent attack? Do you think anything there or talk to us about the timeliness? So I I don't think it's that clear. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, the, the attack was a tragedy and maybe it forced her to rethink, you know, it sort of highlighted the fact that Nancy Pelosi has been demonized by uh, the Republicans for more than two decades. But I think the more important fact was that she was 82 years old and it was high time that the next generation takes over. So the entire Democratic leadership is going to hand off to the next generation. The current leadership has an average age of 80. So if they hand off, the next generation will have an average age of 50. So that's a shift of 30 years. Uh, uh, one, one of the other things to keep in mind is that their base is much younger than the Republican base. So two out of five Democratic voters today are members of either Gen Z or they're millennials. So there's a lot more pressure on Democratic leaders to be younger and rep- to represent mm-hmm. the younger members of the party. So who do you think will take over her role then, Pushan? So... Uh, it's probably going to be Hakeem Jeffries. So mm-hmm. she has been grooming him and uh, she has chosen him as the anointed leader. He's He's been around for quite some time. Uh, now, Pelosi has always been sort of a middle-of-the-road Democrat, right? So she she's going, she has therefore, she's pushing for people who are also middle-of-the-road like her. Now, Jeffries has closely observed Nancy Pelosi for many years and hopefully he will follow in our footsteps, but then only time will tell. Okay, one last one for you while we've got you on the line, Pushan. U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping had their long-anticipated meeting at the G20, that's a group of 20 summit in Bali. What are your thoughts? So I think uh, everybody's expectations were quite low mm-hmm. about the summit, and uh, fortunately they sort of crossed those expectations. So in the, at the G20 summit, Biden and Xi agreed to maintain communication on a range of global issues like climate change, economic stability, food insecurity. They also agreed to empower senior officials to, you know, keep channels of communication open and, you know, have these working groups to make progress on 
specific issues. And here, the fact that the Democrats kept the Senate was actually is actually important because the Senate appoints many of the cabinet officials, many of the ambassadors, and things like that. So, uh, so I think keeping the channels of communication open, finding what are the issues where they compete, where are the issues that they can cooperate, that's a big deal. Uh, so I'm cautiously optimistic about about the fact. I don't think we should overreact, overreact and think that this is the dawn of a new world. The best we can hope for is that, you know, with the deteriorating relationship between the two, it will be sort of like a cold war between the U.S. and Soviet Union and not like a, a, a hot war or a conflict. Okay, Pushan. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. Thank you. We've been speaking with Pushan Dutt, Professor of Economics at INSEAD. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.